This is our third session now on Ephesians 2, 14 to 18, and I said that we were going to tackle the how question. How did God uh, become our peace? How did he make both one, that is, Jew and Gentile? For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall, the hostility, abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new person in place of two, making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, having killed the hostility by it. And he came and preached good news, peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So, Father, as we probe into the cost that Jesus paid, and you paid through Jesus for this reconciliation vertically and horizontally, and for the creation of this one new man between Jew and Gentile, indeed all ethnicities in Christ, show us what the price was, and how it actually works, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before verse 14, he had said this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood. Now there's the first and basic answer, really profoundly clear answer to how do the Gentiles who are far off get brought near and made fully uh, citizens of Israel, full participants in the covenant? Answer, through the blood. For he himself, by his bloody self, has become our peace, who has made both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So he made from both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. How? By abolishing. Abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. By abolishing the law. Wow, what does that mean? Of commandments expressed in ordinances. Now, here comes a twofold purpose for abolishing the law. That he might create in himself one new person in place of the two, which corresponds to this, made from both one and, and this and here, is just like that and. That was very illuminating to me, as you'll, I hope, see. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, which corresponds to by blood. In verse 13, having killed the hostility. So, this Abolishing of the law is right at the foundation in both directions. Let me see if I can paraphrase it so you see it. By abolishing the law, 
hostility and dividing wall were removed. We don't know how that works yet, but that's the logic here. Abolishing the law, this happened. And how does this and work? He made us both one, and he did that in this way. Getting rid of this dividing wall, namely hostility, and getting rid of it by means of abolishing the law. So, and here is, and he did this by doing this. Now, that helped me understand this, because here comes two purposes for abolishing the law. He abolished the law of commandments, one, so that he might create in himself one new person in place of two, making peace. And he did it by, just like here, he did this by this, he did this by reconciling us both to God in one body through the cross. So here's purpose number two. So make one new person flows from abolishing the law and you make one new person by reconciling us both to God in one body through the cross. So everything hangs on understanding what in the world he means by abolishing the law. And we have very good clues because verse 13 says it's by the blood. This abolition of the law is by the blood, and here it's through the cross. So somehow, the blood of Jesus and the death of Jesus on the cross results in a abolition of the commandments, the law, which establishes a reconciliation of us both to God and a removal of the dividing wall to each other. In both cases, hostility removed. Hostility horizontally, hostility vertically. Paul does not separate the two. These two are parallel statements, it seems to me, and everything hangs on this. So let's think about it for a moment. What does it mean that the law has been abolished, and it's been abolished through the cross? Remember back in chapter 1, verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses. So forgiveness is established through the blood. And where forgiveness happens, the law has no more claim on us. Look at Romans 7, 4 through 6. You also have died to the law through the body of Christ. You have died to the law through the body, that is, through the death of Christ, that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. You don't become lawless. You become fruit-bearing when you die to the law. We are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we might serve in the new way of the Spirit. This is the new kind of obedience and service by the Spirit, not the old way of the written code. So the law is abolished. That is, we are released from the law because we died to the law. When we died, when Christ died, 
our union with Christ meant, number one, that our punishment was paid and the law had no claim on us. We're forgiven. Number two, it means we died. And if we're dead to the law, the law can't be the means by which we relate to God. Here it is again in Galatians 2. For through the law, I died to the law. So the law demanded that I die. It exacted capital punishment for breaking the law. And so when I died with Christ, the law was satisfied so that I might live to God. Just like in Romans 7, I have been crucified with Christ. So I have, with Christ, borne the exaction of what the law required. He died in my place, and I thus died with him, and thus the law has no claim on me. It has been satisfied. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. That's the new way. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, which it isn't now, righteousness, getting right with God, is not through law-keeping. If it were, Christ died to no purpose. He didn't die to no purpose. And therefore, it is his death that establishes our righteousness before God. Or as it says in Romans 10, 4, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So if you believe on Christ, then Christ and you in him is the end of the law for righteousness. You don't get right with God through law keeping if you have believed in Christ. You are made right with God through Christ. So we come back here now. Abolishing the law, abolishing the law of commandments. That is, doing away with the law as a way of getting right with God puts everyone on the same footing to get right with God. So both Jew and Gentile, not two different ways to get saved. One way, the law is abolished. So once there was a law, it looked like Jews can keep the law. Gentiles, you have to figure out for yourself how to get right with God. And so there was a great hostility, a great dividing wall as Jews uh, made the effort to get right with God and, and uh, Gentiles are left out. And now Paul is saying, when Christ died on the cross or shed his blood, the law was satisfied for everyone who is in Christ. Punishment has been exacted. Justice has been performed. A death has been executed as dead people. We don't relate to the law anymore as a way of getting right with God. And therefore, we, Jew and Gentile, stand on one footing before God. The reconciliation that we both have to God through the cross and through the blood not only reconciles us to God, but puts us on the same footing with each other. I look into the eyes of a Jewish person. They look into my eyes. They don't see an alien who's going to God a separate way. We are both absolutely dependent on the cross and on the blood and on the righteousness of Christ. And so this abolishing of the law 
not only did away with the so-called ceremonial requirements that made the Jews so different from the Gentiles. That's what a lot of people say the dividing wall is, is just circumcision and Sabbath keeping and dietary laws. That's not what's going on here mainly. That's included, but mainly the whole law as a way of getting right with God is abolished and a new way of reconciling to God is put in place, namely the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in reconciling Jew and Gentile to God in the same way, they are put on the same footing with each other and praise God. The oneness of this text is established. That's a pretty profound ground for not showing enmity and hostility to any ethnicity in the body of Christ.